So hello and welcome back to the Gen Z podcast. Today I'd like to introduce Tonya Bailey, a Nigerian author whose recent work, Scars of a Woman, discusses domestic violence, women's issues, and overcoming the agonies of human existence. One of the outstanding features of Tonya's writing is her willingness to embrace unpleasant or traditionally dark topics. Showing the grotesque and uncomfortable, she says, is one way to empower readers to overcome their own challenges. In this episode, we discuss Tonya's writing style, her peculiar characters, the intention behind her work, and other stories. Just to get you up to date, Tonya Bailey was born in London, England, but lived mostly in Nigeria to learn the culture. She graduated with a bachelor's in English and a graduate degree in law from South Bank University in London. Her hobbies include article writing, poems, and acting, and she is currently finishing the second and third books in her Scars of a Woman trilogy. So please enjoy this episode of the Gen Z podcast, and welcome, Tonya. So hello, and welcome back to the Gen Z podcast. Can you actually tell me how you pronounce your name? Estonia is actually uh, is actually a pen name. Estonia Bailey. Tonya Bailey. Why did you choose this particular pen name? Okay, because my actual name is Toyin. I'm from an African descent. Bailey is actually significant to me because there was a, a few years ago I kind of came out of a painful relationship and I I, I love animals. So I, I had this little dog, a Yorkshire Terrier. And he just became a part of me. I named him Bailey. So oh. he was, yeah, it was just my everything. So um, so that's why I said the name is very symbolic. He just symbolized love, symbolized everything for me. So, um, so Bailey meant everything to me. He understood my emotions. Um, I had, I was kind of trying to go through a painful breakup. It's funny how animals can sense when you're down and you just see him wiping my tears we used to go to the field to play together you know so he meant everything to me so yeah so um yeah so that's where that Bailey comes from and the first name Tonya yeah Tonya is again because my real name is Toyin I kind of um played around with my first name and just um decided Mm -hmm. to make it Tonya so yeah yeah well I think it works well so your do you feel that your personality when you're writing is slightly different than the personality you have in day-to-day life? Yes, it's not the same. My characters are very uh-huh. diverse. I would also say that my I don't know if it's going to come in any of the questions, but I was also going to say that I read a lot of novels. I've got so many novels. My my favorite authors are Martina Cole is like I love that woman like anything. I love crime. That's my favorite. So Sidney Sheldon, James Hadley Chase, Jack, well, Jackie Collins, not, not so much of um, Jackie, but I love Jackie Collins as well because I, I, I read novels, like I said, but my favorite genre is, is crime. I've got my Kimberly Chambers and so on. So you mentioned about my, my personality. So my personality yeah. is a bit, um, my characters are very diverse. I could create a character that has low self-esteem, like my main character, for instance, someone that has low self-esteem. She likes to please others. She's very naive about the world at large as well. So she's learning uh, as, as she goes along. Or I could create a character that is a player that just likes to play women around. Or I could have someone that is pretending to be religious and behind that facade is someone that is evil 
and um, selling dead bodies, which is part of what my book is about as well, to have a diverse personality to create fun and interest. I want the readers to be to be to feel interested and to have fun reading my book, you know, so they don't get bored. Yes. Do you write in the first person or the third person for most of your novels? With, with Scars of a Woman, I started as a first person and then I struggled. I, I finished a whole book, almost 200 pages, and then I kind of started asking myself, I wanted my readers to know what is going on on the inside of the person. Yeah. As a first person, it's hard to do that. So I want to talk about this guy on the street that is walking, um, blah, blah, blah. But I want the reader to also know what he's thinking. So I now had to change everything around again. And um, I kind of prefer the third person, which is much easier because I'm stepping away from the story and I'm writing as a writer that is just telling a story about everybody. I have this character that because another thing I like to add to my story is humor as well. I want people to to laugh as well. To 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 because I have this character Auntie Rose. When I had this manuscript, I think I had just written forty pages, and I gave it to a few people to read. And there was one question they asked me. Auntie Rose um, is a character that is wicked, and she kind of started sleeping around with people in the village, and everyone sensed there was this awful smell in our private part, the awful smell of um, a dead mouse, of a dead rat, a rotten mouse. So um, the moment she undresses, the smell just fills up the room. People around her would sense it, but because it's a sensitive um, top uh, area of, you know, they kind of find it difficult to confront her about it. Why is it that your whatever smells? All she notices is just that people start spraying the whole place with air freshener. And um, I remember people asking me that, why is it that every time, everywhere she goes, why is it that every time she tries to do, why is it that that place smells? What's wrong with her? You know, so <laughs> people people do ask me that. It's not like I have an answer to that myself, right, but I've right, created it like right. that. Yeah. So yeah, and she's old. It's not even as if she's a young girl. We're talking about a woman that is over 50, uh-huh. you know, so and she's quite old and she's ugly very strong she's not frail she's very strong she's a very strong character in the book as well so so why does she smell when she undresses funny thing is i don't actually have an answer to that because people do ask me <laughs> and it's very wow. funny when people ask me mm-hmm. I, I've, I've created her like that that's very interesting i've never heard of a mystery in a in a character Obviously, there's mysteries and plots, a lot of plot gaps that you eventually find out, but it's much less common to see a character who has something about themselves that, you know, even the author doesn't know why it is that way. I don't know why. I just just created that like that. That's great. And sometimes when I read the book myself, I'm like, oh my God, why does I, when I I forget I wrote, sometimes I forget I was actually the one that wrote the book. So yeah. And when you're, you know, imagining these characters and, and putting them into the story, do you have any idea yeah. of how you put those ideas together or sort of what's your inspiration yeah. for these kinds of characters? I started writing when I was about seven. I was writing stories. I was writing poems. My parents would encourage me when I was young. I enjoyed acting. I grew up that way. Mm-hmm. I was writing. I continued writing and I continued reading as well. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was in secondary school, I became a pre- um, president of Dramatic Society. I was writing plays. I was presenting it. This was when I was in Nigeria. 
And then I came here as well, did a bit of acting on TV, which are on YouTube. And from there, I've always had writing as a part of me. So, because people do ask me these questions. Mm-hmm. The way I write, once I start typing, the story just comes. It, it's, like mm-hmm. a bo- it's like a movie that plays in my head. Right. So it was, when I started writing the first one as well, like sometimes when, I remember when I was writing and people would ask me, oh, so what's going to happen? I, I didn't, when I wrote Scars of a Woman, I didn't think I was going to do a trilogy. I just wanted right. to write a book, right. just uh-huh. one book and move on to the next yeah that was the intention but something changed um i i joined a few author groups on facebook and someone posted a question and i think that actually is the reason why i i find my i find myself doing a trilogy and someone said how would you feel if there is a book that has an open ending you don't know how it ended there was a lot of readers expressing their thoughts and a lot of them felt it was a bloody waste of their money. It was a waste of their time because they felt, what's the whole point reading a whole book? And at the end of it, you don't even know what happened to the person. That was how I ended Scars of a Woman. It ended in such a way that you wouldn't even know if she lost her life, if she died. And I wanted to keep it that way. She was bleeding heavily. She was heavily pregnant. She, in fact, she was she fainted. And then she found herself in a different world and it felt as if she was seeing her dead parents and it ended that way. So it ended in such a way that you would not even know if she passed away. But I wanted it that way. But now reading from what a lot of um, audience would actually, what the audience would or the readers would think if I kind of presented that kind of book to them, I didn't want readers to feel it would have been a waste of their time or their money. Mm-hmm. Right. That was how I, so when I write, it's just a movie that's playing. I, it, it just, it just plays and I keep writing, 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 writing. And a lot, a lot of the time I write when I'm on the train going to work, um, mm-hmm. I have this wow. app on my phone. Yeah. So, and that's, that's when I, I, I could, I could be doing it on my bed as well. I could even start writing it now. I could, I could write something now. So I don't have an ending until I actually start typing. I don't even know what is going Like even the book I've started now, I, I'm not sure how it's going to end. I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a plan. So a lot of authors write differently. Some have a plan. They have this, they have points they've jotted down. I don't have anything. I just start writing. When I wrote the part two, I thought it would end there. But the way I continued writing, it looked as if, okay, the way my characters have dragged me to part two, um, I find that I still, I'm still not able to end the book in part two. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why I find myself now in part three. And I have two other books I've kind of written halfway. The reason I stopped those books, yeah, the reason I stopped writing those was when I read the comments on that Facebook page about the open-ended book. I had to leave those ones and had to concentrate on, on um, the trilogy. And I didn't realize I'll be doing a trilogy. I just thought, okay, let me do the part two and just end the book. Mm-hmm. Or I, I, I find myself writing, 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 writing. And then I'm still not able to finish the book with the way part two has ended. So for our readers who aren't familiar with your work, can you tell us a little bit more about Scars of a Woman and who the characters are, what the story is, and the way that it progresses? Yes, Scars of a Woman um, is actually inspired by my own personal experience. I know when I say that, a lot of people kind of ask me, I get asked that question a lot, if it's the story of my life. It's not really the story of my life, but it's the story of probably experiences I've been through in life, not 
directly what the book is about. I, I'm, I've kind of crafted the book in such a way that it has no relation to my personal life. I was, for example, I was born in this country, but the main character was from an impoverished part of um, Nigeria, from a village, and um, she was an only child, lost her mom when some hoodlums came in, carted away with their mom, uh, with, with the, the little they had, and her mom was stabbed. And then um, she had to fend for herself from a young age of seven. She grew up too fast because she had an auntie that was the same auntie that came into her life and really maltreated her growing up. And um, she kind of developed low self-esteem because of everything people tell her, like abuse, whether physical abuse, which she went through, emotional abuse as well, which broke her down and broke her spirits. So even meeting the various people she met in her life, like so-called Christians became murderers who she lived with growing up. And then she kind of faced other hurdles as well when she kind of fell in love with someone else that she later found out was an abuser. Mm-hmm. Then she became pregnant. She was, she, she was beaten um, and she went through a lot of um, emotional abuse again. She was raped before she actually met the guy. She was raped by someone else as well. So um, she kind of went through um, hell and got to a stage of her life where she started thinking about suicide. And um, at a point in her life where she was heavily pregnant, she started feeding from the public bins. She was feeding from the bin in the house as well. She was drinking her own urine because she needed to stay alive. She needed to survive. And then she found herself looking for a job. The only job she found was as a prostitute. The person that introduced her to the job got her two clients and she was told that they had to sleep with her at the same time. She was she so it was a period where she was still dealing with the bruises on her back. She had a gash on her forehead as well. She had cramps as well. She was almost nine months. She was due, almost due to give birth as well. But because she was so desperate to just earn something, even as little as just to stay alive. And she realized that she couldn't even cope with that. So it's just about challenges human beings face in life. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you see people Mm -hmm. in makeup, nice dresses and a smile on their face, and you don't actually know what they're going through within Mm -hmm. themselves. In Amma's situation, Mm -hmm. she did try her best to cover up, but the physical scars was in what was actually was more than obvious to show that she was actually going mm-hmm. through a lot. She found it difficult to trust anyone because most of the people around her betrayed her or were killed. So that was the situation she found herself. So it's a story of uh, survival, depression, mm-hmm. domestic violence. She also lost her dad in the process as well because her dad committed suicide somewhere in the book. He felt he couldn't cope with life again. The dad committed suicide. Mm-hmm. So she basically had nobody left oh, wow, wow. in her life. So that's what Scars of a Woman is all about. It's, uh, it's very emotional. Um, it's touching. Mm-hmm. It's not the story of my mm-hmm. personal life. But, um, I'm inspired by people's stories. I'm inspired by the environment. I'm inspired by politics. I could hear about someone's story and I could just turn it into a whole book. My inspiration comes from everywhere. And as far as this particular book, why did you choose this subject matter? Why not something else? Year 2000 was when I came up with the idea. I'm not sure if it was actually year 2000. was when that um, title came to my head. 
and I think it was when I was dealing with something then and I just felt to myself even though I'm not saying that my life is it's not as terrible as that but sometime in life when you just feel like oh my god why am I going through this and I just mm-hmm. had that in my head scars of a woman titles come to my head every day I could be having my bath and a title will come <laughs> to my head I could be on the train I have um, I have about 10 titles that I need to work on Scars of a Woman was just perfect for me because I've been writing Scars of a Woman since 2002 or 2003. I've been writing Scars of a Woman, but I kind of write it and then I leave it halfway. And then I kind of write and I leave it halfway. Yeah, so I've always had that title in my head. I kind of just thought about people's experiences as well. You know, some people will come and tell me, oh, they've been through this and they've been through that. I'm not a feminist, but I do sympathize with a lot of women and what they go through. Mm-hmm. I sympathize with a lot of single mothers and what they go through. Sometimes mm-hmm. when they tell me stories, the experiences maybe with their husbands or in their relationships, and I kind of think to myself that women are actually going through a lot in life as well. And I men go through a lot as well. Because on Facebook, I think a lot of feminist pages and women get attraction towards the book. It's not actually a jet towards women. It's jet towards everybody. Because men go through abuse mm-hmm. as well. Where does the story take place? I've created a fictitious village in Nigeria. I just cre- created something fictitious. I just created a town. Um, uh, sorry, a village. And I remember when I was writing the book, I've actually never been to a village before because my my parents are okay. When when you say village in Nigeria, you could have a nice massive lovely house in a village that you built yourself and then you could have i don't know if you know what a hut is like um it's made of um i don't know if it's straws they have no electricity they sleep on the floor and they they're really really poor they're really impoverished i remember when i was writing it was actually challenging for me then because i wanted an opportunity to visit an impoverished part of village but I couldn't at that time I have never actually seen that side of the village before so what I did was just use I went on the internet I just looked for pictures and then some African movies that I kind of watched it just kind of gave me that um, inspiration to develop what I wanted Mm -hmm. to develop because this family had nothing. They were extremely poor. I mean, if someone is living in a hut, Mm -hmm. they have no electricity. The roof is made of, um, it's like brown straws kind of thing. So I think that was the only challenge I had when I was writing because I really wanted to have that, I wanted to feel that nostalgic effect, which I didn't get, but I was still able to develop it. And do you feel that your story is an accurate portrayal of Nigerian culture or that it at least attempts to be? I won't say Nigerian culture because, for example, uh, I created a gay relationship there and that is actually frowned at um, in Nigeria. I don't have a problem with it. I kind of created a lifestyle that is um, not just the Nigerian culture, but a westernized lifestyle because I went mm-hmm. away from the village after a while and then the character found herself in the city. She met with all these rich people. She went to the best school as well. She had um, some mixed race um, 
classmates and she had this blonde friend as well. She was actually meeting someone from a different part of the world for the first time. It's part of Mm -hmm. the culture, but there was also the westernized part of it as well. So it's not intended to be deliberately about Nigeria or... No, 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 no. It's not even about the country at all. It was just about this girl. And in fact, in part three, she's going to be going to Libya in the part three. So it's not, she's not just going to be, the story is not going to center around Nigeria. Tell me then who you think would benefit most from this kind of book and who is the sort of ideal reader that might pick up this book and um, enjoy it for you? Yeah, I think um, it's always best when you're writing a book like this to be able to identify who your readers are. Targeting fiction readers and probably a bit of mystery and um, mm-hmm. I'm always about constructive criticism as well. So if a reader, if readers are not happy about something that has been um, written about, for instance, is always um, advisable to work to work on it. So my my mm-hmm. targets are mostly fiction readers. So I would say that people that are faced with domestic violence, people that are faced with um, maybe depression, if you can call it that, or depression as well, um, and just everybody generally. That's that's what it's about. Yeah, but it's not it's not centralized to a particular um, group. Yeah, exactly. I see. So, Scars of a Woman, you said, is a mystery. Uh, tell me about a little bit more about Afraid of the Dark and Death Trap. Yeah, Afraid of haven't the- come out yet, right? Yes, it's not. They're not okay. out yet. Yeah, Afraid of the Dark is waking up from the hospital bed, realizing your baby is gone. You don't know where. You don't even know where you are. So she mm-hmm. just became. Um, Amma just became scared of the whole world. She withdrew into herself. She didn't want to go outside. She trusted no one. That was what Scars of a Woman was all about. In fact, she. There was no way to even pay for the hospital. Um, to, to, there was no one to pay the hospital bills because those people just carted away with her. Um, um, her six month. Uh, I think the baby was um born prematurely. There was something wrong with the baby. The baby was born prematurely as well. So, but she didn't even get to see the baby at all. All she saw was um nurses around her and um confusion around her as well. So um. She had to be helped by a stranger, basically, that took her home. And uh, for two years, she was agoraphobic, meaning she didn't want uh-huh. to, she was afraid of going outside. She just wanted to remain indoors. She, she became a shadow of herself. I think the ghost of, and the ghost of her child kept torturing her because she just wanted to know where her baby was. She was also scared yeah. that whoever had her baby might tried to do the same thing she went through as well. She wanted to feel protective. She wanted to know what was happening to her baby. The family she was with as well was a couple, and she really wanted to trust them as well. And gradually, she started she started um, developing trust. You can imagine with someone like that that has been through so much traumatic experience, it will actually be hard for them to be themselves again. They've been through rape. They've been through harassment. They've been through several beatings, 
stabbing from the ex-boyfriend as well so um it's 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 really it was that part two was a bit hard for her she wanted to try to develop herself again to become a better person and um, her goal was to find her baby her goal was to find her child Mm -hmm. she wanted to know what her child was but what happened was in the process she fell in love with the husband of the lady that actually brought her into the house so and um which was right. yes she fell in love for the first time he was older the issue the couple had was that the the wife had no love for the for the husband his um his uh male organ was really small she never enjoyed sex and um it was actually an arranged marriage as well so it wasn't as if she actually mm-hmm. fell in love with the man so but for ama this was the first person in her life, the first man that would ever truly love her and give her everything she wanted. She was in a house that had everything. They had everything. If she wanted to travel abroad, the money was there. So her life changed drastically. But then again, she was scared about the people in her past. She had an auntie that was still looking for her. She had this so-called Christian couple that used Christianity as a facade to the evil they actually do behind the scene. They were actually um, killing, um, they, they actually sell human body parts. So they, they murder people, sell body parts to people, different people all over the world. That was what they were doing. Now she found, they found out she knew their secret and this is where the problem started from, from part one. So uh, she knows that she's she's been looked, you know, they're, they're kind of looking, they're kind of looking for her at the moment. So, um, so she always has that fear at the back of her mind that, oh my God, I hope I don't get found out. I hope these people um, don't smoke me out because their intention mm-hmm. is to get rid of her because there's a court case and if she dare testifies, they might go to jail or be killed. So she knew her life was in danger and that's why she still. Um, she still knows that fear in her in part two so that was what part two was about and um, her life again would change when the enemies after her um, kind of presented this fake letter to her which she didn't actually realize was fake it was a letter to tell her that they found her daughter um, in Libya that she's with a lovely family looking after her what she didn't realize was that she was falling into the hands of human traffickers. But she didn't realize this. Oh, wow. Yes. Now, the people behind this are the same Auntie Rose and the father of the baby. But the, the guy doesn't care. The guy just wants to make money off her. And if she wanted to die, the guy didn't care. So, But she, she doesn't even know this. She's so naive, she doesn't even know this. The guy she fell in love with wanted more information about this trip she was going to go on, but she was so stubborn. If you remember, I said it that she's a bit naive. She was so stubborn. She just believed in whatever she believed in that she wasn't ready for the guy to get involved or check these people out if these people were genuine or whatever. Uh, now, that's mm-hmm. what part three is going to be about. So um, mm-hmm. that's what, yeah. So that's what part two. So that's what part two is all about. Yeah. So um, well, yeah. So that's uh-huh. yeah. very cool. Obviously, you're writing this for entertainment. You're telling very involved stories yeah. with these characters. But is there a message that you want your readers to take away from 
this particular series. I'll mm -hmm. talk about the book and then I'll talk mm -hmm. about life in general. About okay. the book, um, I, I, Ama is portrayed, she's a main character. She's portrayed as someone that is, she has low self-esteem. She wants to please everybody. She just wants the best for everybody. But what she doesn't realize is no one is even thinking about her. So um, it, it's just about you making you number one. You mm -hmm. putting yourself first before anybody and not allowing anyone to put you down because there were many parts of the book where her so-called boyfriend would put her down, tell her how ugly she looked. Um, she, I mean, she, she, she would catch the guy cheating, but she would still remain there. She would look herself in the mirror and try to change her hair in so many ways just to, just to try to please the guy. Even she would, she would look at her dress and her shoes and she would compare herself to other ladies when they go to parties and she would wish she could be that other person. She wanted to be like them. She wanted people to talk to her. She wanted people to, she wanted to be like those people that were happy. You know, she would see people laughing and just chatting away and she would ask herself she doesn't even remember the last time she laughed as well so she she wanted that but it was hard because she was struggling with life she was dealing with a lot of um she had a lot of challenges she had a boyfriend that cared less about her before the guy actually eventually eventually dumped her um so in in all parts of the book um, whether, uh, whether part one or part two she just wanted to be she just wanted to please others so it's mainly about that and it's also about if you're in an abusive relationship please leave um, because your uh -huh. life matters there were parts of it where the, there was actually a part of it even when I was reading it I was I was cringing myself because the way I uh -huh. described it she was bent she was bent um, her face on the floor and the guy had this sharp knife and um, and drove the sharp knife right into her back to stab her and as, oh, as if he was trying to write something on her back as well and she and the guy was happy inflicting the pain he was inflicting on her um there was also a part where she rolled down the stairs as well she was heavily pregnant at that time she was rushed to the hospital the guy it was um it was a good samaritan that rushed her to the hospital but because this so-called boyfriend would kind of watch what she was doing he he noticed it was a good Samaritan that rushed out to the hospital and he started accusing her that, oh, you have a boyfriend, so you're sleeping around, you're doing this and that. Before we knew what was happening, that guy was arrested. They accused him of um, something he didn't do. They accused him of uh, something and then he was killed. They they kind of um, added the guy among the criminals that was caught on a, an armed robbery case. And the guy's dead body was thrown on the streets. So she kind of felt bad because it was actually because of her that this guy lost his life. He lost his life because he he was a good Samaritan and rushed her to the hospital. I remember that scene. She was on the floor on the roadside crying. And she watched as a car pulled up. The wife of the deceased came out of the car crying heavily. Had this white tissue and her eyes was red as well. And um, the wife kept saying, all, all her husband said, the last thing she heard from her husband was, oh, I'm, I'm going to call you back. I'm rushing this woman to the hospital. And 
the deceased wife, the deceased wife was saying, I don't know who this woman is. Uh, Amma felt guilty because it was her. Um, she, she lost her husband because of her. She blamed herself for so many things. She blamed herself for the death of her mom. She couldn't do anything when her mom died at age seven. She didn't even know the way to the hospital. She heard about hospital. They're so poor, they can't even afford one. She doesn't even know where the hospital is. It's about being strong. We've all been through stuff in life, but it's about never giving up. She got to a stage where she wanted to commit suicide. She also blamed her pregnancy at one point. She was angry. She just wanted to be normal like every other person because she looked at the pregnancy as a barrier, as, some, as a setback, as something holding her back. But she wanted to work. She wanted to make money. She wanted to eat. She was hungry. She was feeding from the beans. In fact, when she got to the hospital, she was feeding from the beans. Um, from from the hospital bin, and I remember the lady that one of someone saw her because they, they they thought she wasn't right in the head. Well, I would I would always yeah. say that wherever you go through in life, you just have to stay strong because you've been through that. Doesn't mean that it, your life will remain like that for 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 the rest of your for the rest of your life on earth. So that's basically what the book is about. It's about men that are abusive. Don't keep quiet and feel the man will change. If he's done that once, he will do that again. If you're in an abusive relationship, you need to leave the abusive relationship. Now, what I always advise people outside my book is that I do get people a lot that say, Oh, I want to I want to write, but I don't know how to I don't know how to start. I always advise them to to start by writing a few lines and you just never know when you will get there. I mean, if you have a story in there, you'll be surprised how many mm -hmm. people you inspire. So if I'm talking right. about domestic violence, for instance, and there are a lot of people going through it, maybe there are ways they can help themselves rather than staying in that relationship. Because if you're dead, you're dead. It's only the person that is alive that speaks. So it's just yeah. about empowering people to be determined about whatever they want to do. Because I get a lot of people saying, oh, I've been in this job for 20 years, but writing is actually my passion. I don't really know how to start. Well, if you don't start it, you, you next year <laughs> will be the 21st year. And you'll be saying this. Right, right. Yeah, so... I, and I want to do more of that because I do talk to a lot of people. I kind of push them. I, I kind of help them as well if they want help. Um, so so that anyway, that's what my book is about. So, yeah, it's all about empowering, empowering everybody to stay strong, whatever challenges they find themselves. Right. I think that's an amazing way to do it, um, and especially that you're willing to go into such sort of dark scenarios in your fiction. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say that most people are willing to write about such gruesome things and you know in great detail yeah um so i'm sure both you and your readers have have profited from that so thank you so much for listening to the gen z podcast if you made it this far in the episode please go ahead and leave us a review in itunes i know that everyone in podcasting says that but it is truly helpful and if you have any recommendations, feel free to send us an email at info at genzpublishing.com. My name is Stephanie Minova, and I'll see you on the next episode.